Oh, hey there. Can we please talk about UFC Vegas 56, headlined by Alexander Volkov and Jazino Rosenstroik, Biggie Boy versus Ivan Drago. Uh, yeah, it's going to be huge. Big heavyweight fight, huge, two big heavyweight strikers as well. That's going to be fun as all hell. Let's be fair. Who doesn't love watching two gigantic men just beat the tar out of each other for our entertainment. That's what I'm into. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to be looking at the cut. There are three fights that have kind of jumped out at me where I think there might be a little bit of value in some of the odds. As always, the bets are terrible, but I like to put them on for entertainment and just for a bit of fun. It's like an MMA scratch card, if you will. I put on some you know, three kind of bets that I make excuses for in, in my head as to they could come off Re reality check they're probably not uh yeah and it's like having a, a scratch card except you what get to watch people punch each other in the face whilst the uh the scratch card plays out so that sounds good stay with me for the burt locker fights in 15 for ufc vegas 56 <laughs> Right, so the first one that I'm looking at is uh, is Joe Selecki versus Alex De Silva. Now I'm wondering which weight class was that in? It's uh, it is. Yeah, one set. Yeah, so these would be welterweights. I, d I didn't actually make a note. Yeah, that I, I thought Selecki was a welterweight. I'm more familiar with Selecki than I am with De Silva, but I did watch uh, a couple of De Silva's fights. He's actually pretty good on the feet, you know. He's had a bit of a rough start in the UFC. Uh, he got caught in a guillotine in his first fight, and then he bounced back... Uh, with a win but then he lost to brad riddell now brad riddell he's a really really good kickboxer just looking at riddell's fight with um with rafael fiziev is like he, he he it was a competitive fight until it wasn't go back and watch that fight rafael fiziev he's somebody the the as we know the burt lock is a big fan of rafael fiziev uh fiziev how whatever you, I, I call him fiziev but he, I, i'm pretty sure it is fiziev anyway he's not fighting in this one don't know why i'm talking about him so yeah, he's had a bit of a rough start in his in his UFC career. Now, the fact that he got caught in that guillotine could be a problem against somebody like Joe Selecki. Joe Selecki, it's no secret what he's going out there to try and do. You know, the the guy has uh, what? How many submissions? Eleven wins. Eight of those are submissions. So we already know what Selecki is going to go to if if. Fighters will usually revert back to what their um, what their bread and butter is. Where when things start kind of going wrong, you know, you get hit in the face a few times. You'll go back to your grappling if you're a grappler, so on and so forth. So we know, like when push comes to shove, where Selecki is going to try and take this fight, and uh, and. Don't blame him. He's very good on the ground. Extremely good. He gets a lot of submissions, lots of guillotines, lots of rear naked chokes, rather. A couple of guillotines, but it's mostly chokes. Rear naked chokes, arm triangles and guillotines would be uh, Selecki's uh, go-tos, as it were. So, uh, Selecki, though... He does have to be careful on the feet with De Silva. Uh, De Silva has a very slight reach advantage, three inches. I mean, three inches is... It's not that small. It, it, that will help him in kickboxing range. The other thing that will help 
in kickboxing range is the fact that De Silva's probably a better striker. Uh, he's got... Look, he's a finisher as well. He's got... How many... Uh, how He's got... Yeah. What, 11, 11 knockouts, I think? Something like that? Anyway... He's uh let's let's just have a look here. I've, I forgot I've I haven't actually noticed it down. How many how many KOs? So yeah, sixty two percent of the time he wins by KO. He he has he is a finisher. Is what I would say about uh about De Silva. He is a finisher because out of how many wins? Let's have a look. So how many wins has he got? He's got twenty wins. Twenty one of them have been finished by either a submission or a knockout. Now. He does have seven submissions of his own. So that kind of shows me that uh, Selecki's probably going to have the grappling advantage. But how big is that advantage? Do, like, do still, you don't get seven submissions in an MMA record by accident. He's clearly no stranger to grappling. Now, I would say that Selecki, he does have the experience in the UFC. He's got slightly better experience in the UFC, but overall MMA experience, it does go to De Silva. And with that being said, when you look at Selecki, you know, he is going to be going for the ground submissions. I think that the De Silva probably is slightly more diverse in the ways that he is he, he can finish this. Because I think that Selecki's only got one knockout that I can see. And yeah, so obviously, you know, you compare that to De Silva's record. Uh, I think that De Silva's probably got more ways to win this one. And he does have the reach advantage. Every round starts standing. So for that reason, I am taking De Silva by knockout. Uh, knockout TKO. Well, actually, no, not even that. I'm taking him by finish. Because actually, with, with De Silva, as I said, he is uh, quite diverse. And you're getting pretty good odds just on De Silva to get the finish, which is 3.75. So you're getting better than even money on that. Which is worth a go because he finishes it. At 20, 20 out of twenty one wins, De Silva has finished. So provided he wins, the chances are that, that he wins by a finish of some description. So three point seven five. That's going on the bet slip. Oh, that's a terrible bet. Selecki's probably going to choke him out in the first round. But yeah, we we will find out. We'll find out what happens. Then we've got Alonso Menefield taking on Askar Mohorov. Uh, Mohorov, yeah, um, Ukrainian fella. He's been referred to as the Ukrainian Conor McGregor, which um, I don't really see uh, the similarities other than shit tattoos on your chest. That's literally the only similarity I can see. Although, look, no, Moskrov, Moskrov, I'll call him Askar because it's easier to say. Askar, he is... He's on a bit of a tear. His last four wins were first round stoppages due to strikes, punches, kicks, you name it. Now, his record is a matter of some dispute. 21 and 12 at the start of the week. It's now 19 and 12. It's a mess, really. But what isn't disputed is the fact that actually his last four fights, he's won by first round, you know, strikes. That's, that, that isn't disputed. Those were on TV. We saw those. So... Whilst his, his record can be disputed, the fact that he comes out fast and swinging can't really be disputed. We've seen that fairly recently. Now, Menafield, he can be dangerous. He is a very, very good fighter. Lately, we haven't really seen that, though. It, it's been kind of frustrating because I had really high hopes for Menafield. I think Menafield, he does have the skills to do big things in that light heavyweight division but I don't know like when you look at how he performed against William Knight it's kind of like wow I know he was 
tentative about Knight's power because Knight does have big power, but somebody who is as slow and plodding as William Knight, I feel like uh, Menefield should have done better in that one, really. Um, and yeah, you seen you saw him got, get knocked out against uh, Ovent St. Prue. Ovent St. Prue just looked good that night, I guess, because you never know which Ovent St. Prue is going to turn up. Do you know what I mean? Ovent St. Prue is either dog shit or brilliant. So unfortunately, Menefield ran into him on a night where he was brilliant. So that being said, I don't think, look, Menefield, he's going to be at a height disadvantage here as well. I do find it odd that Askar is six foot three, so he's got three inches in height, but he's still only got a two, he's still at a two inch reach disadvantage. And yeah, my like Menafield is the favourite in this one. I think mostly because obviously um, Askar has not fought in the UFC yet. You would have to say that Menafield has fought better competition. That's probably not really a matter of dispute, much like um, you know Askar's record. However, my concern for Menafield here is that, especially recently, he does have a habit of starting pretty slowly. He's a kind of Donald Cerrone in that respect. He starts slowly. Once he gets going, he can build. Now, I, I don't know if that's because he maybe has a problem with cardio as the fights go longer. When you look at how he's built, he's built like a fucking tank. And the problem when you're built like that is you need a lot more a lot more oxygen to those muscles. And that can mean that you'll get tired quicker. So I don't know if he starts slow because he's saving himself for the later rounds or what it is. But the fact is, Menefield generally starts pretty slow. And when he's fighting a guy that has four first round knockouts in a row, I'm kind of thinking, oh, that could be a problem. So I'm rolling the dice on Askar here. Look, Menefield is too slow to get off the blocks. Askar is plus three to get the uh, the knockout. That's two to one. It's either, you know, so... You've got the knockout in round one is five. So you've got four to one on that for Asgard, which honestly, the odds don't slip high enough for me. Had that been around eight, I'd have had a go on that. But honestly, that's not high enough for me to just go, to go with that over just the uh, knockout uh, or TKO any time. Because just, you know, you know what will happen when you put a bet on round one, the knockout will come in round two. Uh, I mean, of course... Menafield could just batter him. Like Menafield is a stud athlete. Like let's not count Menafield out here. I'm by no way doing that. But like I said, just based off the fact that Menafield's a slow starter, I think that um, you know Askar having four first round knockouts, he's going to come out fast. He's going to come out swinging. It wouldn't surprise me to see it in the first round. But yeah, I'm taking the threes on Askar to knock out. Alonzo Menafield, anytime. That is plus three. That's going on the bet slip. Then you've got the main event Alexander Volkov against Jazino Rosenstruik. Uh, Drago versus Biggie Boy. Uh, this is a really interesting fight. I'm so looking forward to this one. You know, he's. You've got two giants, two giant strikers, right? Because because um, uh, Rosenstroik, he's 12 and 3 in the UFC. But I mean, his kickboxing record, I forget what it is. It's more than 70 fights. And I think it's about 70 knockouts as well in kickboxing, something like that. Anyway, his kickboxing record is frightening. And he's a headhunter. He is a headhunter. He's always got that power. He's looking for the knockout because out of his 12 wins, 11 are by knockout. He just loves, he's got, he's got big power. He's got very good technical striking. He's a very good counter puncher. Now, 
Volkov is also very dangerous. Also a very dangerous kickboxer. It's why this fight has got fireworks written all over it. And I can't wait to see it. Because uh, Volkov, he's 6'7", but he only has a 2-inch reach advantage here. Which I thought, I thought he would have a bigger reach advantage. But I think the really telling reach advantage for Volkov is his leg reach. He's got quite a pronounced uh, advantage with the leg reach. And that could be an issue for Rosenstroke. Because front kicks are something that Volkov uses quite a lot to keep that range. The front kick to the gut. Just keeping that range and then picking them off from distance. You saw what he did to Alistair Overeem and to Walt Harris as well. Um, no, it... <laughs> Drago Volkov, he can finish fights. He's very, very dangerous on the feet. Uh, we've seen in the last couple of fights that he's really been beaten by speed. Speed, speed has killed him. Uh, Cyril Gunn, it just looked like Volkov couldn't quite get there quick enough. The speed really put a scaring into him. Uh, Aspinall did the same thing, even on the feet before Aspinall submitted him. He, it was even, it was the same thing. Still, uh, it was, it was the speed on the feet that he, he looked better everywhere. So, Volkov has had a rough couple of matchups here, and now I, honestly, I think that Volkov. This is a fight that Volkov could win, but adversely, I think it's a fight that Rosenstroke could win. It's, a, it's a very close on paper, which is what makes this so interesting. Honestly, uh, Rosenstroke. One thing I would say about Rosenstruck is his power does last. We've seen it, right? Against Alistair Overeem, he knocked him out in the dying seconds of round number five. That power is there the whole time. And he's a very good counter-puncher. And I would say that Volkov has been caught by power late in the fights when he fought Derek Lewis, which was only a three-rounder, I acknowledge, but... Lewis caught him in the dying seconds of that fight. And Lewis has huge power. So it's no surprise that he got that knockout. But I would say that Rosenstroke has very big power. But I would also say with respect that he's probably a better technical striker than Derek Lewis is. So if Derek Lewis can catch Volkov in the dying seconds, I feel like Rosenstroke certainly can. He's a very good counter puncher and I think that over five rounds Rosenstroik can find the knockout against Volkov I think it will probably come later but I'm liking that the the knockout TKO anytime is plus three that's what's going on my accumulator because uh, I am also going to have a cheeky side bet on Rosenstroik to win by knockout TKO in round five that is that's 29 that's 28 to one so that's worth a quid I'm throwing money away on that but yeah I'm having the plus three on that putting that together with all three so you have got De Silva to get the finish uh, Asuka to get the knockout TKO anytime Time and you've got Rosenstroke to get the uh, knockout TKO at any time. That is 33.75, so 32 to 1. That's a terrible bet. I will be recapping these uh, next week, Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll see just how wrong they went. It'll be hilarious. It'll be a good time. It's always nice to have a quick laugh at how wrong some of these predictions end up. And who knows, maybe I'll have gotten a couple of them right because, you know, there is method to the madness. So I do have a look at what could happen, but it's very difficult betting on MMA because it's so goddamn unpredictable but that is why it's fun it's why i watch it and uh yeah so i'll be doing that next week uh thank you for your support as always please like share subscribe all that good stuff let me know in the comments who are you betting on this weekend i'm always interested to have that discussion but yeah so um until next time keep those odds long and those bets terrible